With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Your Media. Featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting the debut show of Interviews with Authentic You. With your co-host, Michelle Abo author, international speaker, also known as the Celebrity Numerologist, and Jeffrey Miller, author, international speaker, and also known as the Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Wow, folks, this is a phenomenal day. We've had some of the nicest weather. I am so thrilled be here today with you folks internationally, and I want to thank everybody that's on air with us today. i also like to have a special welcome to my co-host and the president of Authentic U Media, Michelle Abo. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Jeff. Well, it's nice to hear that you've got nice weather. We've got kind of nice weather here, too, in Calgary, but uh, we've had a lot of rain, which is unusual, so um, yeah, good to know. I heard that spring uh, is uh, sprung in the east, so enjoy. Yeah, it's been awfully nice in the east. We've actually got an early summer, and we're actually rolling into growing season. We're actually having some things start to happen, including having to mow the lawn three times. I'm not sure that I'm so thrilled about that. But anyway, that said, what a beautiful day to have a beautiful guest on board with us, a very special VIP guest. We're going to talk about her a bit just before we introduce her. Michelle and I are very, very happy to have with us today C.K. Gray. She is an author but she isn't just a regular author. She is a romance novelist. C.K. and I first met in L.A. just about two months ago. We met at an event with Mr. James Malinchek, and we just kind of hit it off. A group of us standing, waiting to get back in the event, and we started talking. You know, what do you do? What do you do? And I went, wow, romance novelist. And that led to an interview there at the hotel that we did impromptu, and we had fun with that and got to know each other over the next two or three days and, and really said, wow, you know, we, we need to go further with it. This story is fantastic. I got a copy of the book there. I started reading it immediately, and I have finished that book, Eye of the Storm. Now, what's wonderful about this book you're going to hear, because it isn't just your normal romance novel, folks. And Michelle and I were talking about this. You know, Michelle, when you... When you look at a story that gets into the history, and the you know it's got it's got the charm, it's got the romance, it's got the intrigue and all that great stuff. But you know what? I think it's time to talk to Carrie directly about that. So what do you say, C.K. Gray? How are you today? And a welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm doing well. It's raining here too, Michelle. So um, I think that uh, that Jeffrey has better weather than we do. But, Jeffrey, I have a question for you first before we even begin. And I, I've got a lot of people that are trying to listen to it right now, and they can't log on. So um, they're trying to get onto the radio show. I just wanted to run that by you. Should be able to. Okay. Michelle, you can help me with that answer for sure. 
Yeah, well, the link is, should be up on Facebook if they want to click on the link. Um, let me let me check on that while you guys are chatting, and I'll see okay. if I, what I can do with okay. my techno-savvy skills. If they have an account, of course, with Blog Talk, they can sign in as a guest and actually get into the chat room, and we can we can be sending them. Uh, they may have some questions for you or people that, that would love to know more, Carrie, about your novelist mm-hmm. story, which is absolutely fantastic, by the way. I, Thank I've you. Got, i got to tell you. As you well know from the first day you met me, I said, well, I'm a reader, but I don't read no romance novels. <laughs> and I, I, did, I debuted and previewed today's show with a video about that this morning, and I had to chuckle to myself about it because, really, I, I have just absolutely loved reading this book. Thank this, you. This story, Eye of the Storm, captures an imagination like wow i think it's something that's inherently in all of us mm-hmm. we have this this want and desire to have this sense of this intrigue suspense you know it's part of who we are as human beings you know spiritual beings in the human body and that part of us that just really wants to feel that but the romance the ooh, absolutely fantastic uh, i just I couldn't put it down. I had to. I had to finish it as quickly as possible, along with the other five I read at the same time. <laughs> well, but, I'm happy to hear that. Well, I'm honored to have a <clears throat> folks autographed copy, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, privilege of meeting C.K. Gray in Los Angeles, the city of angels, L.A. Live, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back there before who knows how long. But, yeah, I have an autographed copy, and I'm very, very pleased to have this in my library. Um, you know, next for me, of course, is we'll discuss your other book. But this, the story is that of amazement to me because it's something that once I started reading it, Carrie, it really, 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 really... Resonates? Really, yeah, it res- that's the word. Thanks. took it mm-hmm. right out of my mind. It resonated with <laughs> okay. me. Because as a strategic interventionist and a hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner, and I've rolled those three in together in my, my coaching program with my clients, I, in hypnotism, actually brought people back to a point where I wasn't sure if they were talking, thinking about when they were kids or whether it was actually past life. And mm-hmm. I have pushed that envelope to talk about specifically past life. However, I have those in the profession of hypnotherapy that do that specifically. And I'm going to be working with one or two of those people real shortly about that. And this touches on that more than touches on it. It is. It's there. Mm-hmm. We're talking past life. But first, how did you get going as far as, I mean, you know, we all have this life where we're working and we're raising our kids and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where did this come from? Oh, my gosh. It it was something I, you know, I on. Many, many radio shows in the past I've done, you know, it's always the same the same thing. Everybody's just intrigued and they just want to know how how this all of a sudden came into my life. It you know, it's still a later time of my life where um, you know, obviously like you said, we are consumed by our families, raising our families, raising our kids, our own careers and it's it's I think all of us have a passion, it's just finding that passion. And I had this passion buried deep within. It was something that I absolutely loved to do. I loved to write. I loved, you know, I have my creative mind. Interior design is my company. Um, that's what I do, my occupation. So it all ties in with the creativity. I think pouring my, you know, into my work with the interior design and then into my book, 
you know, just just whatever I can come up with and whatever I can create and use my imagination. So it works in all ways. The very, very active mind, those that know me call me the thinker because I never stop thinking. You know, my mind is always in the subconscious, but, you know, even when I sleep, I think I still think. But, you know, it's it's coming up with something and later on in my life that I needed and I needed to to find that passion within me, which I did. And I decided what I really need to do is I need to write a book. And who knows where it will ever go, but it was something that I felt that I just needed to to just, you know, just just pour my heart and soul into every word of that storyline. And when I came up with the story, I wrote it and there you go. That brings up a bunch of questions, honestly, but mm-hmm. I, I to, to to relate to that and folks, you would know if you've thought about any type of writing that you would ever do, you just get this, it's almost like something bugging you that you've got to start picking up that pen or you've got to start typing those keys. The old days, of course, that's all we did was write a story, and we uh-huh. still call it that. Michelle will, will also be able to relate with that, relate with that as well. Uh, Michelle, two books out right now, correct? Yeah, you know, I can totally resonate with needing to get the words out because like you, I kind of think all the time, and it just the writing comes as kind of a download. So you got to mm-hmm. get it out on paper and just you know <laughs> write it out as fast as you can because it usually comes in chunks. You know, especially the mental-based people like you and I, we're very you know inclined to be up in our head all the time. So the words just kind of come in big clumps and clusters, and and mm-hmm. uh, you have to get it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like channeling, a little bit like. You know, where did mm-hmm. that come from? That's really good. You know, it's almost like it comes from somewhere else. You know, they disappear. You're writing. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a good line, and that's a, you know, that's a really good phrase, or you know, that is what I need to pull in or implement into the story. And <clears throat> sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. You don't even know where it came from, but it just came out, and it works. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll get into your numbers a little bit later, but um, just hearing you talk and talking about the interior design and all that stuff, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just nodding my head because <laughs> it totally <laughs> makes sense to me. But I, I wanted to ask you, actually, um, I know you're into the romance writing, but have mm-hmm. you ever considered doing any other kinds of writing? Has there been a draw for that, you know, lately, or have you ever had any urges to write anything different other than the romance? Well, actually... Now that you bring that up, I am in the midst of writing something. I am I am so close to being finished. I'm about one to two chapters away, and I am writing something for somebody else, which is unlike anything I'd ever, you know, thought that I would do. I never, you know, I'm just not one to write for others because what comes from my mind is what it goes on paper. So when somebody is giving you a synopsis of a storyline and they need that written, that's what I'm working on right now. So it's basically somebody else's synopsis and story in a few pages of notes pulled into about uh, I don't know maybe 18 or 19 chapters. So yes, I am I am writing something. It's it's going to be a movie, um, maybe in production the end of this year. I'm not too sure yet, but they want the book out before the movie, so or before production begins. So I've been on a real deadline and I've been writing fast and furiously since you know since I got home from LA, which is about the first week of May. I haven't stopped, and um, some days, you know, I've been writing for 15 hours, 18 hours, and some wow. days, you know, 10. So I am getting through this, and I just finished up another chapter this morning. So I'm getting there. But, yes, I am writing, and it's it's somebody else's story. It's kind of a rom-com, a romance comedy, and that is what I'm writing. 
So other than, think, you know, something else that I would have come up with, I, I never even knew, I never thought that I would ever write a romance, ever, because I never, ever fathomed the thought of me becoming a romance novelist ever in my life because I rarely even read romance. I am, you know, more biographies, philosophy, psychology, but not romance. And so coming up with a storyline, it just created this great romance, romantic story that I needed to write. So I think I'm going to stay with that genre. I'm I'm becoming very, very comfortable with it. Um, to write a bio? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to write about my life. I always, you know, I tell everybody, my life is an open book, although it will never be written. So I really, um, I don't I don't think I'd ever write anything else. I don't have an interest, really, in writing anything else at this time. But, I mean, never say never. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Carrie. I've been asked on numerous occasions as far as human needs psychology that I should write my life story, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think so. Maybe somebody can ghostwrite it with somebody else's name, and we'll go from oh, there. I don't I know. Listen, uh-uh. let's go back to Eye of the Storm for a minute. Because okay. this, 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 this book is like, here it is in my hand, and it's like, it's hot, okay? It's hot. <laughs> uh, talking about the story, mm-hmm. the these things come to us as authors. We get these thoughts. We get the, you know, Michelle was saying, hurry up and write it down. You know, I've had many times, and I'll let it out to the world. You know, I'm in the shower, and the next thing you know, I get this thought, and I say, oh, gosh, I need a, water, a waterproof recorder to hang in here or something, you know. <laughs> but let's talk about this, this, this book. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Talk about how this storyline came to you, if you would, for us. Um. It was all about observing others, and I was in L.A., actually I was in Laguna Beach, sitting on the water, just, you know, watching people walk by and seeing couples walk by. And, you know, we all we all think about our own relationships, whether, you know, you're, you're married, whether you're in a long-term relationship, whether you've just started dating somebody. I mean, we're always thinking about relationships. And, exactly. and this one couple walked by, and I, I, all of a sudden I said, I wonder if they're soulmates. And... It just hit me. And then all of a sudden, I thought, this is it. This is a story to write about soulmates. And I did. And I came up with a really great storyline on, you know, I just wanted to write something that was on a different level, a deep, deep, deep connection, a magnetic force that pulled them together. And then, of course, you know, the trials and tribulations that you're dealing with and everything you have to go through, looking at life and you know, asking yourself, am I with the person I am destined to be with or is the person I am destined to be with somewhere else? Or, um, you know, is it worth giving up? And when you do find that person, is it worth giving up every everything for the one you love? So there's so much to think about, um, which, you know, I think is great because a lot of the, the book talk groups and a lot of women that will get together, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll walk away. And it's a really great conversation piece. I mean, it really is because it resonates so much with society. And, you know, like I've told you before, Jeffrey, that, you know, everything I write, I want somebody to say, I've been there, I've done that, or I know somebody who has. And that's how I want my books to be related to the outside public, both male and female. And I have not written this book for, for females alone. I mean, I have written this book for everybody. And, you know, on my website, ckgbooks.com, if you go to the Reader Feedback tab, you will see, I mean, there's over 160 testimonials submitted. And within note, I would say, you know, it's getting close to a 50-50 ratio now of men and women both submitting feedback. So, 
you know, it is relatable to both, and I'm really happy about that, and I want to continue writing like that, the relatable stories, things that people can say, yes, that was me, or that is me, or that's my friend, or this is exactly, you know, what she's going through right now. And although fictional, you know, it's so close to fic- to nonfiction in so many ways. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to continue. I'm really enjoying writing those stories. That's the next part I want to get to, because that is really the 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 meat of the story starting out in the early 1900s mm-hmm. with Eliza Anshaw, who is actually that name, as we've discussed, and you've mentioned to me, is actually a family heirloom, so to speak. I mean, that's part of your mm-hmm. heritage. And yeah, Anshaw, Anshaw is my name. And actually, you know, you've been able to relate to a place and mm-hmm. a name in this story and pull it all together. We're talking about Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, there's romance all by itself. I've been mm-hmm. to Savannah. I spent I spent a couple of days in Savannah and I, I I can't wait to go back. It's one of those places I haven't got to, but I choose to go back very soon. It has mm-hmm. this allure to it. It is just the most beautiful romantic city, southern city in the United States that I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And you have still a home there that was a belonged to the family name. And tell us the story about that. You went to check things out, if I remember correctly, and actually got to well, you tell us you, yeah, about about the house. Well, there, there's a home still standing in um, in Savannah, Georgia, and it was built by my ancestors. And my great great grandmother was born in that home, and it's still standing. And it's an it's an absolute beautiful, beautiful property. And my mom had told me about it. She says, "Well, when you're in Savannah, I believe I went I was in Savannah about five or six years ago. The time before I was I was just there again." But the time prior, I um, wanted to see the property. So I, I stood on the steps and, you know, chilled through my spine, knowing that my mom's got, you know, the family genealogy down her hallway, the museum of, you know, of back, you know, way, way, way back to 1600s and 1700s. And has a photo gallery. And there is a picture in my mom's home with all my ancestors standing on the front steps of this exact home. So knowing that I'm there how many generations later, standing on the same steps as the picture in my mom's home. So, you know, it really, it, it connected with me when I was in Savannah. And although the owners were not home, there's only been a few owners since then, since my ancestors sold the home. So it's it's kind of fun because I wanted to go back. I wanted to see the property, and it's still standing. So I was called back to Savannah um, in April, the end of April, beginning of no, um, the end of March, beginning of May, April. Sorry, I don't my I was in LA that time. I mean, I've been all over the place. Anyway, end of March, beginning of April, I was back in Savannah, and I was invited by the owners to come and have a um, a tour of that home. So awesome. it was really amazing. It was really really amazing. Yes. So, so not we, only did you get to stand on the front porch of the home. Now uh-huh. here you are post author on this on this story. This book is written. Mm-hmm. And here you are in Savannah, standing mm-hmm. on the front stairs of a home that very, very easily could have been Eliza Anshaw's home, meaning your family, because you used a name that's from your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this could be where John hobbled up the stairs with his hurt leg and, and was ushered into the parlor and sat down and spoke mm-hmm. to his dad and asked for her hand in marriage. And that part of the story is just so amazing when it gets to that. And, of course, what happens after that? Well, I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story. However, all that takes place in between, is that something that you just really had come to you, or is it something that you knew of from a family past? What do you think? 
I don't know. You know, the the more I was writing, the more I started to believe in reincarnation. I really did, and finding soulmates and, and past connections and reconnecting with the past. And I never believed in that really as much as I do to this day. And looking at it and thinking, you know what, I truly believe in soulmates. I truly believe that there is somebody out there for everybody and somebody that you are connected to and you're going to always reconnect. And, you know, when they say that if you if – you, Think of something enough, you start to believe it. Well, I really started to believe that um, that we do, that there is a reconnection. And if you're meant to be with that one soulmate, you will never, ever lose that person again. So you will always reconnect at some point in every lifetime. And that's kind of what happens. So it's, you know, John and Eliza in to modern day, you know, all of a sudden reconnecting from the past. So it's, you know, it, it was fun to write it, but... I honestly do believe that. I truly believe that there is somebody for everybody, and your soulmate is there whether or not you've connected with them. And I I believe that when you do connect with that soulmate, it's, you know, a relationship and, a, and a, some type of connection like never before on a much deeper level than you've ever experienced. Amazing. And, and wow, can I relate to that. And I would totally agree with you, and I want to carry on more with that thought as we go on with the show because there is a, there's much truth to what you say, and it's and it's been people just know and can relate to past life, and when they mm-hmm. go into, into past life hypnosis, you know regression, excuse me, and through hypnosis, through trance, mm-hmm. they have actually been there and done that, and all of a sudden these things actually come to play, and they actually do get to meet. Now it doesn't mean to say that I suppose everybody does, but we'll talk more about that. I, I, going back to the, I mean here we are, this, this book, and 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 again. Amazed that I loved a romance novelist. I, 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 a novel. I can't. I can't get that thought out of my head, Carrie, because <laughs> just typically that's not me. You know, I read. I read different stuff about you know personal development and and you know I, I'm a guy. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and in this book is just just I can't wait. I can't wait to pick up the next one. I know there was a method behind my madness, Jeffrey, when I designed that cover. I never thought about it because I was so inexperienced when I wrote the first book. So here I am, you know, using a a picture up at my lake house, that lake. And, you know, it was on my computer and I decided I was going to use it for my cover. Little did I know it was the best thing I had ever done because, again, you know, men can walk through an airport. They can walk, you know, in their business office. They can sit at lunch in a park. They can do whatever they want and they've got a romance novel that's got a great cover that doesn't show the Flavio all over it or, you know, just some some romance to splash romance all over it at all. It's a very, um, it's it's just generic. So I guess that's the best way to describe it. I would agree with you. I mean, it's, it's but it's more than, I wouldn't call it generic. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> what you're saying, and I think for getting the message out about why and how the, the story, co- the cover of the story mm-hmm. Well, the story to the cover relates, mm-hmm. uh, but you know I look at it, and folks, if you haven't seen it yet, it's 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 a dark, cloudy day over the water, and there is a bolt of lightning, and that and that bolt, bolt of, of lightning was was photoshopped in there by the by the publishing company. I did okay. not take that. Okay. One You've so. got it going right through storm. I mm-hmm. love storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bolt of lightning, and bam! And when you read the story, folks. You're gonna you're gonna relate to that to this cover. This cover relates to the book. If if you know, they always say, well, you can never tell a book by its cover. I think you can on this one. Mm-hmm. I think you did it, Carrie, because the story really unfolds all about and relating to this cover, and it's absolutely amazing. And 
to the point, I mean, you, you get into some real intriguing moments here. And if this is something that was past life, as you were mentioning, in regret, you know, something that's in a regressed memory of your own from soulmate status, from family, you know, we do have the ability, they say, um, to carry through the bloodline the thoughts and the memories of through the mom's side and the dad's side. Mm-hmm. And then it comes in vitro into, uter- into the uterus and actually is born with you. It's part of your makeup, your, your DNA, so to speak. Uh, hmm. And as your memory starts, as your brain develops, and remembering the first organ in the body that, that develops and actually starts by itself is the heart. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing because we think our, our brain controls everything. And in a sense, now that here we are as, as people walking and talking, not little children anymore, but when you're that in 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 the you know, in the womb, and you're in that development phase as as a fetus, the heart is developed and it starts to pump, and the body the body gets its its nourishment, and that's an amazing thing because when we look at romance, mm-hmm. it's just oh my heart, oh how it aches or how it feels so wonderful one way or the other or somewhere in between, it's mm-hmm. the heart, it's that that. And that's what this story is. This is a this story is not only a hot throbber, it's a hot ache. Mm-hmm. It is at times. There is there is a part of yeah. it where it is sad. I mean, it's very true. Up, it's like it's like riding a roller coaster, and on the ride up the hill, you're in love, and everything's wonderful till you reach the top, and all of a sudden, oh my God, here we go down, mm-hmm. and down into a wonderful, wonderful place because we can relate to it. Mm-hmm. That I find in the beauty of your writing style and how you've got the intrigue, the, the romance, the the, uh, the mystery, the mystery of oh gosh, what's going to happen next? Oh gosh, what's you know? And mm-hmm. you've done it. I mean, you know, right up through all the actual understanding of what each of your characters, uh, both Eliza and John, which is the the early 1900s characters, folks. Mm-hmm. If you have um, you know, what they go through, meeting, falling in love, how they each have had an eye for each other. We can relate to that. You know, yeah. how many times in our life, you know, when we, we especially go back to the high school days, mm-hmm. or at your first love, wow, you know, that feeling, that pitter-patter, the hot stuff going bang, 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 it's going to jump right out of you because, oh, there he is, there she is. And it's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feeling that you like, what is this? That's mm-hmm. when you feel that hot. That's when you feel that ticker really going bang, bang, bang. And it's it's awesome. And you've got that, so you, you cause that, okay? You bring that out in people in the writing, which I find absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, again, I haven't read a lot of romance novels. I guess I've said that once or twice. The story, though, I've read a lot of stories, especially suspense, thriller, et cetera. And you've done a remarkable job of pulling that out because people – really need to sense that and feel that, and you do it. I applaud Thank you. you. Thank you. I pleasure. I mean, it is what it is, you know, and, uh, you know, when you go through the storyline thing, and you've even got the wording so awesomely placed as far as what would have been the language, so to speak, in the early 1900s in the South. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, I read a sentence, and now how would she know that? A lot how of research. A lot of research. It's incredible how much research you have to do when you write a book. And, you know, with this one I'm writing right now, as we speak, I just, you know, I cannot believe how much research I've had to do. Just, you know, you just want to get the facts straight. So you do. You do a lot of research in the, in the midst of writing. 
I can totally relate to that as, as a, uh, I do a lot of publishing as far as blog writing right now, and I've got my first actual book going to be released hopefully in this next month. Shall I get off my butt and get my, my chapters arranged <laughs> along with everything mm-hmm. else? It's always that thing where we say, oh, well, we'll get it tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that said, I can totally relate to you because in, in the book that I've written, uh, you have to really make sure you've got your I's and your T's done. And, and you've done it very well. And when you come to even to a point of, of how Eliza felt about summertime in Savannah, mm-hmm. you can actually feel yourself going there and <laughs> sense what summertime in Savannah would feel like. I think that's important, you know, for anybody. And, you know, really good advice for anybody who writes is they definitely want to want to have a good visual so the person can put themselves in that place and feel like they are there. Well, that and of course that's going to lead us to something I'm going to be talking about in a little while too, as far as what's what's upcoming with your story, the Eye of the Storm, with this with this novel, uh, right up to also you know talking about you know the relationship with a mother and a daughter and a mother and a father, how how family oriented that really is, Carrie. I mean, I, I really related to that. You know, here's a kid that that's just got the I'll put it right out there. She's got the hops for this guy. She wants to see him. She wants to get out to the next picnic. They want to get out under the tree by the water, et cetera. And she's, you know, well, Mom, I'm not feeling good to help you with the chores today with baking, et cetera. And think about all the chores that we had to go through as people back in the early 1900s compared to today. A little bit tougher, a little bit more work, a little everything was done at home, you didn't go to the grocery as much, et cetera. And here's this kid trying to get out of it because she's got to see this guy, and you can feel that. Abs- uh, just fantastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the observation um that i picked up you know in reading the book was was really remarkable you know it's like uh i'll use the word it's like a movie so to speak and we'll be talking about that but uh when you talk about john mm-hmm. and what he ultimately went through and i guess we're going to get up to that because that's about the 50 percent of the part of the book you're about halfway through these two were so in love that they couldn't they couldn't couldn't wait to see each other. I mean, and we all we all can relate to that, folks. Everybody listening today can certainly relate to that at one time or another in their life, if not more than one time. And some of us have these multiple times. We we're human, and we go through this. And some relationships work, and some don't. But we have this sense of, oh wow, I can't wait to be with this person. And this was the story of these two, Eliza and John. They couldn't wait to be with each other. Uh, and this particular day, and this is this is uh, wow. Uh, it really got me, Carrie. It really did. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. expect it. It was like a, it wasn't even a cliffhanger. I didn't expect something was going to happen, but all of a sudden it did. And, and that was I, the end of Chapter 8. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then it goes on to the other day. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that with us. What what went through, I mean, what were your thoughts on that, that that, I mean, this is really getting to what we talked about before, is it not about really believing that, okay, if this is what you saw sitting on the beach in California, this is what you said, wow, soulmates, wow, Mm -hmm. past life regression, wow. So you brought that into the story at this point, and you broke these two up. Tell us about that. It was tough to do. I mean, it was writing Chapter 8 was the toughest chapter. It really was because you fall in love with John and Eliza, you really do. You fall in love, and you know you become these characters, and you you can relate to them and their relationship with each other and their connection to each other and how strong their connection was. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, tragically their life ends. And I, I don't want to give it away, but, you know, it's it was really tough for me to write. But another way for me to bring into, you know, modern day with new characters was I had to end the life between John and Eliza. So, I mean, it was. It was very, very tough to do that. But, you know, it, it's just a story. It really is. It's just a story. And, and um you know, it's okay. You you have to you have to live through those characters. You have to be those characters when you're writing about them. And you know, the way I would feel or the way he would feel, you have to be everybody. You know, you have to kind of change hats. I have to you know be a forty something year old woman, and I have to be a seventeen year old girl. So you know, you, you flip and you try to feel you know your feelings, your true feelings, and putting yourself in their position at their time. And that's what you have to come out with. So it's you know again it's it's that imagination gone wild and and that's the nice thing about being able to write a fictional novel is you can come up with any storyline and you can you can develop any character any way you want to. You know they can have any type of personality. You can you can love them. You can hate them. You can you know have them relatable. You can you know just like I said and even with Michael and Carolina later on and the, you know the other two main characters of the book. It's you know you do you you grow to really like them. You may not approve of what they're doing because what they're doing is wrong, but again, when you go into after the storm, which is the sequel, you will truly understand where they were at and why they did what they did. I can totally relate with that, and I haven't read after the storm, but you're mm-hmm. right. Get through chapter eight is like wow. It's this big feeling of loss. And you know you talk about the, the characters you love and the characters you hate, so to speak. Sometimes we love the ones we hate because mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the relatable character. That's the other one, oh, well, we feel sorry for them because, oh, you know, whatever. In this mm-hmm. case, John was left, and that's where it ends. And that part mm-hmm. of the story ends. John mm-hmm. is left without his Eliza because she drowns. They both drown. Let that part out, guys. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to talk about it because I want you to read the book, darn it. But here's the story, okay? It gets up to where we're talking about now, Carolina and Michael. Mm-hmm. This is where we get into that part of what we were talking about earlier. We talk about the past life, talking about the regression. We're talking about soulmates. And here's these two married with children, both, and they meet each other for a fundraiser, cancer fundraiser, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they both wind up going. He's a doctor. She's a business lady and has her company, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they just can't not be together. They just do everything they can between texting, mm-hmm. but they texting, you know, emails, et cetera, to the point where they do physically get together. Now, mm-hmm. we can call that right. We can call it wrong. We can say, well, you know what? They are, in fact, soulmates. They couldn't help themselves. And there's people that are going to go, well, are you kidding me? But it's a fact. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. It really it does. Happens. It way, happens. It happens. And life, life happens. It's life. reality. It is reality. And there may not be people that will, you know, that truly, you know, that are against that. Of course, it's the wrong thing to do. It's morally the wrong thing to do. But again, if I were to write a story where two people fell in love, they got married and lived happily ever after, nobody would read it. So, of course, you always have to pull into something that's going to make the storyline interesting. I mean, it's always great, but it's not going to be as captivating to the reader if it's just the normal perfect life. Exactly. And, uh, Michelle, you and I were talking pre-show about that, too, and, you know, how how amazing that storyline is because it relates, it resonates, as we were saying that word earlier, Barry. Um, It resonates with life. It resonates with life. So be it fictional to a great degree, 
It's a real-to-life stuff-happens book, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And, and thank you so much for, for your contribution to us all that offer that book. I mean, fantastic. And I want to get right to the meat of something here now because we've got to talk about this because Michelle is going to be working with you here in a minute, and that's going to be fantastic, and we're going to let that's that out. That's going to be interesting. Well, I yeah, well, I want to know first. I mean, I want to hear about this movie and mm-hmm. how you ended well, up we're going to talk about. Go ahead, the book. Check. Yeah, I want to know. I mean, I've been sitting here listening because I really didn't read the book, and I didn't get a signed copy, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm listening intently and just trying to, uh, you know, soak it all in. But I'm curious as to how you ended up getting this turned into a movie. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Can you tell us about that? It was magic. I don't know. It was um it was something like I said, I honestly believe if you are so passionate about something cuz passion equals success. So I honestly feel that, you know, you're the one person if you believe in something your yourself and I did. I believed in the storyline. Never, you know, as a first-time author and I'd never written before. I had no idea where this book was going to go. It could have flopped. I mean, who would who would have known? Now, I've always English has always been one of my, you know, I guess you could say, I mean, I always, I had always done well in my English courses in school. I excelled in, in English. So writing was something that I've always done. Again, you know, a teacher would say write a 500-word essay, and I'd say, well, can I write a 1,000? You know, I just, I have so much to say, and I have so much to pull in that, you know, it, it didn't surprise my parents that I, I did write a book or my grandmother or my uncle, people that were behind me and so supportive and always knew that, that you know, somewhere in my life and sometime in my life I would eventually write a book. So I wrote this, and then within six months uh, a Hollywood production company contacted me, and I guess it filtered through the Internet, and somebody got a hold of it and contacted me. And then within those six months, another one and another one and another one. So it was three, and then I had four contracts sitting in front of me. And it was just wow. a year ago, a year ago May. A year ago May, I had another um, huge uh, Hollywood producer contact me because she wanted my book so badly to produce a movie. And we had some talks, and there you go. And so she's the one that's got it right now at CFP Production, which is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, the same producer of that, is producing Eye of the Storm. So we will begin pre-production soon enough, and I believe that we will start filming in September. And I have been connected with the entire project from the beginning to all the way to the end. So I'm working with the director. I work with the screenwriter. You know, we're working with the the line producers and the other co-producers, and it's just been absolutely incredible because I am so connected with the story. I'm not just, I haven't just written it. Now I get to watch it come alive and come onto the big screen. So it's very, very exciting. Tell the best part. Tell the best part. Tell the best part? Yeah, the best best part. How often does somebody get to It sounds all good to me. (laughs) No, Michelle, wait till you hear this. Hmm. There we go ahead. You tell me what? Oh, about producing. Oh, about yeah, producing. I am producing the movie as well. Yes. Wow. And I'm also, and then they optioned my second book after the storm, and they asked me to co-produce that as well. So it's not just the first book; it's the second book, and then the story that I'm writing right now for somebody else will be based on a movie. Um, actually, that the same producer. I have to get this right. Is that I need to word this properly? But the production company who produced 
the movie that I'm writing, uh, their their next movie. I mean, I'm not writing the movie. I'm writing the story, the book, um, based on the movie that's going to be in production soon enough. The first one made over $175 million at the box office. So they are in production, shortly to be in production, with this next movie. And they, I was very, very honored to be asked to write the book. So that's, I'm almost finished. I'm getting close. Like I said, I'm starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. But it's, you know, I'm probably about one or two chapters left to go, and then then it's finished. And then I, I was asked to help produce that one as well. So that'll be three movies, and it's crazy. This whole thing is absolutely crazy. And then I'm writing another book on, on the side, my own my own story, that is going to be even better than Eye of the Storm and more captivating and more connecting. It's just an amazing, amazing storyline. And I thought of this book, and I thought of the storyline, when I was writing Eye of the Storm. But I put it on hold because I needed to complete that one, and then I developed such a fan base, and people were hanging, waiting to find out the ending. So I, I kind of skipped back, and then I wrote the sequel so people could have an ending. And then I was just asked to write this one. So I wrote, I'm writing this one, and then I'm going to go back to my other one. But I had a production company in Hollywood, another one, call me about three to four weeks ago and ask me, um, he he said, I am so interested in your third novel. I've heard it's coming out. I don't know what it's about. I have no idea what the synopsis is, but based on your first two books, I have a huge interest. So here's my number. Can you please call me? So that could be four. It's so Like I said, I don't even know where my life is going. I never fathomed the thought of, you know, somebody would have asked me five years ago where I would be today. I would. This would have just been beyond. I, there's no way. I mean, I I couldn't dream up where I am today. It's just so incredible. But anyway, that's kind of where my life is. So it's taken a completely different turn off my beaten path onto, you know, wherever I'm destined to be. I'm just following my path to wherever it takes me, and I'm just continuing on doing what I'm most passionate about, which is leading me into the success that I'm having. Absolutely fantastic. I guess that brings us right up to a crystal clear point to introduce Michelle again. Mm-hmm. Michelle, also my business partner in Authentic Your Media, and I'm very, very happy to be her partner as well, is also known as the celebrity numerologist. Michelle spends a good amount of time in Hollywood as well. And being a celebrity numerologist means she's got the stuff when it comes to numbers. And we've got a special for you guys today that Michelle and Carrie are going to talk about C.K. Gray's numbers. Wow. (laughs) Go ahead, Michelle. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm not surprised you have such success on your plate right now because, well, if anyone listening, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that know about the 1111 thing where people Mm -hmm. are seeing it globally, and it's kind of this phenomenon. I actually have a friend who wrote a book a while back called 1111, The Time Prompt Phenomenon, because it's just this thing that people are seeing everywhere. And I actually ended up getting a tattoo of 1111 because I see it so much that I had to have it be a piece of me because it's led me to such synchronicity and success. It's just every time I see it, it's like uh, I know there's a big shift coming. And you are under right now a cycle of 11, and they call it kind of the power number. So when you're Mm -hmm. under it, it is kind of you stepping into your path and your purpose in a big, big way. It's, it's an energy you that is. I see mm-hmm. that all the time. I look at the uh-huh. microwave. I look surprised. at my clock. I look at everything. And I've been seeing one series of triple 11s for the last year uh-huh. and a half. Uh-huh. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're in that 
you're in the synchronicity, um, the river of synchronicity. Mm. Absolutely. This is like your time to shine. And it's interesting because I'm looking at your cycles. Literally, if you could if you could be on your deathbed at like 100 and looking back at your life and reflecting, you could divide your life up into four chunks of time. And there are a lot of people that look back at parts of their life and say, wow, that was another time. Because what happens is every nine years or so, we shift gears energetically and we focus on something else. And your first two cycles, you're in the third cycle of those four cycles. And the first two were all about foundation building. They were all about living and learning and personal experience. And then you went into another cycle all about kind of rebuilding your foundation. So in your 20s, even in your adolescence, but you know, even as young as, you know, your teen years and all the way through your 20s and 30s was all about personal experience and racking up a lot of personal experience in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of that hindsight learning, live and learn, you know, uh, leap before thinking kind of energy where you, you know, you could probably say, wow, I lived a lot and I experienced a lot during that chunk of time. And Mm -hmm. then right around 39, you, you entered another energy, which is a four, and it's all about kind of regrouping, refocusing, rebuilding. It's it's the foundation number, the number four. So it was more about, okay, been through all that, now it's time to regroup and, and rebuild. So it's it's almost like you were paving the way for the 11, which you entered at 48. So for the past mm-hmm. few years, you've been feeling that 11 because you are under the 11, and it's a vastly different energy than you've been under for the first part of your life because that was all about doing personal experience, foundation building, you know, restructuring, reorganizing your life. And now you're in the zone. This is the time that, okay, now I'm stepping into my element. I'm stepping into my personal power. I'm owning my gifts and who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. And this year is pivotal because what you're doing this year, it's, it's, you're paving the way for when the fall comes in, you're entering a five-year, and next year will be a five-year. And five-year is going to be huge because it's all about career. It's all about really seeing clearly your path and your purpose. It's always a year that is just phenomenal for career you know just in my own life i mean when i switched over from corporate to doing the spiritual stuff i was under a double whammy five i was under a personal year five and a peak cycle which is a nine-year cycle of five so it was you know i knew i had to step into what i was supposed to be doing so you're kind of restructuring right now and and getting the pieces in alignment for the the big you know it's really stepping Mm -hmm. into that career stuff so this is so interesting and you are so you are so spot on with so much with everything and you said 48 and that's exactly when i had this epiphany exactly Uh when i had it 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 yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and you know what the numbers are never ever wrong and i'm such a practical person and when it comes to spirituality it's always about practicality for me so you know I, i'm not into the airy fairy stuff and but the numbers are very scientific it's more about mm-hmm. quantum physics than it is about mm-hmm. you know the metaphysical stuff because mm-hmm. really what it, what the numbers are doing is it's representing energy because if you think about numbers every number in existence is created with the numbers one to nine and also zero which is more of a symbol than a number so Everything in the world can really be reduced down to numbers, and science really is based in numbers. And, you know, even our DNA is all about codes and and numerical sequences and all those things that can be reduced down to that. And so our date of birth is almost like spiritual DNA. So it really shows us what the energy is all about. And I love what you were talking about before about your stories, that they really need to resonate with people, that they need to see themselves in the writing. And if you add your month and your day of birth, so mm-hmm. just the, the day and the and the month together, mm-hmm. it shows you what your gift is. And it's a seven, which is the truth seeker. So it's all about 
revealing truth in some way. So you're wanting to show people not just a, a you know a fanciful story that is you know wonderful and and you know makes people kind of lose themselves in the storyline, but they see themselves in it. They see the truth in it. They see their truth in it. And so that's whatever you're doing, it always has to go back to that truth. It always has to be about revealing truth in a bigger way or digging deeper. It's kind of like a natural scientist kind of energy where you're mm-hmm. kind of digging deeper to find that truth. And you also have the arrow of skepticism. And they call it the arrow of skepticism, but they also call it the arrow of the inquirer. So you're always, again, it's kind of like a double whammy for you, that it's always about truth. It's always about whatever you're writing has to be in alignment with truth. So, you know, that's that's a huge thing. But you, your life path number is a six, which is the visionary number. And I'm not surprised you're a writer because the people who are sixes, it's the creative number. Mm-hmm. It's the number of creativity, creative expression, the visionary number, the nurture. So there's quite a few elements to it, but really the essence of it is creativity. And any six has to constantly create. And if they're not constantly creating, they get into kind of this rut where they're in this negative space. And they do call it the number of extremes. So when they're in that creative zone, they're like unstoppable. You know, they're just uh, this (laughs) phenomenal creative I can so relate. And then when they're in this kind of stalled mode, it's like pessimistic, glass half empty, kind of critical, you know, it's hard to get out of that hole, right? So there's, I mean, there's two sides to that six, but th- there's one thing I always recommend to the six is keep creating. Go, go, mm-hmm. go. Never mm-hmm. stop, because Mm-mm. if you stop, you get stalled, and that's no good for anybody. Mm-mm. And Lindsay Lohan, for example, is a six, and we mm-hmm. see what happens to her when she gets stalled and she's not doing something that she should, you know, <laughs> creatively. She gets herself into a little bit of trouble. But mm-hmm. with you, too, I mean, you're not only a six, which is the middle mind plane number. So you're very analytical. You're very, you know, thinking, all that stuff. I I am, but I am. most of your numbers are clustered in in two of the three planes of existence because as humans we really operate on three planes. We're either in the head thinking something, we're in the soul or the emotions feeling something, or we're in the physical doing something. And your numbers are clustered both in the mind and the physical. Mm-hmm. So it's all about bringing those ideas to life. It's all about getting those ideas out and and you know manifesting them. So you have two of the three numbers on the mind plane, and they're the most active. You have the six and the nine in your date of birth, which is really strong. It's almost like the mouse wheel never stops, right? It's you know it's hard mm-hmm. to shut it off. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed though in the physical is that you have three ones, and the most balanced expression of the one. One is the verbal number, so it's all about verbal self-expression. And whenever I see more than two ones or less than two ones, it's unbalanced. So you have three. And it doesn't mean that you're not able to express yourself verbally speaking, but what it is, it's more of on a personal level. So really expressing your inner self and how you feel and those kinds of things. So when I see that, usually it means that they express themselves better on paper than they do verbally. So there's mm-hmm. this piece of you, there's this piece of you that's in your writing that wouldn't necessarily come out if you were speaking it. So mm-hmm. it's like there's all of you in the writing where mm-hmm. it wouldn't be any other way. So Definitely, again, another sign that, you know, you're a writer and and, uh, that's how you express yourself best is through words on paper. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you, you know, it's interesting to see your cycles, too, because you're in that power year, which or that power cycle, which is the 11. I mean, you can't get any bigger than that. This is it. This is like the the main event. But you are headed toward, um, in about five years, to a 10 
which 10 is all about mentoring other people. It's called the Earth Guide Energy. And so when you're done building your empire, so to speak, you will be mentoring other people to do the same. So it's going to be from now until, you know, death, you're going to be really in this really fulfilling, rewarding time. It's really going to be phenomenal because once you're done, you know, doing what you need to do to get your stuff out there and, and fulfill your life purpose, then you're going to be helping others do the same. So, I mean, it's a win-win. And I, whenever I see that, the 10s and 11s and the 22 and the 33 are all the master numbers. And you have two of the four master numbers in your cycles, which is huge. I mean, they're not giving out, like, candy to everybody. It's just, you know, special people that are given that. And, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a rare gift to have two back-to-back like that. So you're really in the zone now. It's like good things mm-hmm. come to those who wait, you know, mm-hmm. because you're in the main event now for sure. Wow. Wow is right. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. I have never, ever had a numerology I have never had that done, and you are so right. And and you know what? One thing that stuck with me as well, Michelle, is that you know you say that I do right. You know my feelings. Everything everything come out on paper better than it come comes out spoken in words, which is so true because that is the way that I have always relieved my stress is by writing and through my words yes. and and putting mm-hmm. it down on paper. And the way I express myself better on paper than I do personally. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I want to add one other thing is that Mm -hmm. if you take your year of birth and add each individual digit, it gives you the how. So as that creative energy, you are the creative number, the six, and your Mm -hmm. gift is the seven, which is the truth seeker. So you're always about revealing truth and, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing that truth in all that you're doing. How do you do that? And that your year of birth adds to 17, and then 1 plus 7 is 8, and that's actually called, and that's my third book, actually. I'm, I'm writing a third book, which is called The God Frequency and the 54 Paths of Creation. And you have the God Frequency as your year. And that's pretty huge because the word God, I mean, I'm not religious, but even if you know you're in the metaphysical community, anyone who says the word God is kind of that one of those words that strikes a chord with a lot of people, right? And that particular word shows us why we're all here, regardless of our path or purpose. And if you break down the seventeen eight, and it's written as seventeen slash eight because that's uh, in numerology, that's how we write it. The one, the seven, and the eight are kind of the essence of what it means to be a soul in human form. The one is the verbal expression number, the seven is the truth seeker, and the eight is the number of wisdom. So we are here to verbally express the truths of the divine for the purpose of spreading wisdom and knowledge for soul's growth. So you do that through the writing. So you verbally express the truths of the divine for the purpose of spreading wisdom and knowledge for soul's growth through whatever words you're writing. And it's all about truth, right? So mm-hmm. it's really it's really significant to have that. I mean, it's really truly a gift to to carry the God frequency as your how, and and uh, yeah, very powerful energies, very much so. Thank you, Michelle. That was very You're interesting. Welcome. This is <laughs> very interesting. When we mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. soul and the connection to the story, this is exactly where I was going with that, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Knowing, knowing Michelle, how she, you know, and everybody's reading is different. No, it was so unique that nobody has the same reading in a sense. Mm-hmm. So that was just you, but did mm-hmm. not speak clearly to your mission and your soul's purpose. Wow. Hmm. Very wow. Exactly. Very very wow. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Well, you're welcome. You are in the zone, so keep going, please. I am in the zone. Exactly. I won't stop till I can't till I have to, right? That's right. 
so I'm not That's able to do this anymore. That's what this is all about. That's right. No, you so have I, to keep I will going. continue my creativity forever. <laughs> yes. And you're so okay. right. When I'm, when I'm out of it, and I'm in a, I, I never get myself in a slump, I think, you know, because I, I can multitask and I'm always doing something. I am not one that can just sit down and do nothing. I don't, I don't know what the word relax means. I really have no idea. That word is not my vocabulary. So, you know, but, I, but I'm best and I, I'm happiest when I'm, when I'm active and my mind is active and I'm doing something and creating. And I wanted to one one other thing. I was just adding mm-hmm. up your name because our name is our mask. How we show how the world sees us. So if you have CK Gray on mm-hmm. any book, it's an mm-hmm. eleven frequency. So you carry oh, the eleven. Yeah. yeah, which is wow. huge, right? Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing yeah. but real, but reality. There's your reality check right there. And that you is a reality come, check. Come in the mail. That is a reality check. Exactly. <laughs> I've already got I've already got mine right now. It just arrived. I mean, when you think about this, you take mm-hmm. this information and you move forward with that. Now you mm-hmm. know your path. You know the what you're doing is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And when you come to that point of questioning, shall I or shall I not? You're mm-hmm. going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to exactly. do it. You're going to take that next bold step, and you're going to move forward in this because you know. And of course, you have a friend in Michelle now, as I, as do I. So mm-hmm. you, know, you can get back in touch and say, "Hey, Michelle, guess what?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah I'm excited it's to hear how it goes. Wow, I mean, you are Thank just you. on a roll. I mean, that is just—I couldn't believe. I, I didn't know the whole story. I just thought you had a movie with this book, but I didn't realize you had so many, um, you know, synchronicities happening just constantly. Mm-hmm. Wow, you really are in this. That 11 is really strong with you right now. Wow. It has been so strong with me for about the last year and a half to two years, and I see sequence of 11 all the time. You know, we're we're in kilometers here, obviously, so, you know, I can be driving, it says 111 on my dashboard. Or, yeah. you know, you look at the clock of the kitchen, it says 111, or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and sometimes look at my look at my clock, it says 111. You know, I look at my phone, I've got my phone, it says 111. I mean, I am constantly seeing, and I've I've known that. I did a little bit of research again, on what the series of 11s were. And I, I needed to know because it it was just too, it was too almost, um, uh, here I am a writer, I can't even think of the words. But, you know, it was too coincidental. I'm seeing 111, yes. And I realized, you know what, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to the triple ones. So in the sequence of ones, sometimes it's, you know, 9, you know, clock will say 911 or it'll say 111. But there's always a series of ones, whether it be two, three. But yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where they say, well, it's just pattern recognition, and people are just noticing it because they notice it, and then once they notice it, they notice it more. But it happens with such frequency and in such weird ways that it's more than that. It definitely is. It isn't for everybody else out there right now that sees those ones. They'll know because you know we just had an expert tell us what the ones were all about. So that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, those ones are very, very important. And you're carrying, you're carrying them like a deck of cards, Carrie. <laughs> well, one, one is the pi- one is the pioneer number and the number of new beginnings. So it's really about just going after your goals with gusto, really, because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of that forging, that trailblazing energy that says, okay, well, let's do this. You know, mm-hmm. and I always see it before a major shift happens. So if you're seeing mm-hmm. it with frequency, there's something coming down the tubes. You know, there's something happening, and then I won't see it for a little while. And then if something else is coming, it'll, it'll I'll see it again. So there's, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely something to that. I don't know the whole story about it yet, but definitely um, there's more to it as than meets the eye. I think eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, mm-hmm. we're done. 
about a minute of showtime. I can't believe we've had so much fun. But, uh, Carrie, I want to let you know, in our chat room, we have one of our show hosts. We have Janet with us, and she has a show called Living Astrology. And Janet is very interested in also speaking to you at some point. Janet Hickok. And uh, Janet's show is phenomenal. She's also with us on Authentic You Media. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, she's got a show this evening. So she's going to want to be in touch with you, Carrie, if you would like. And uh, she just sent that message to you. I'm getting and all these readings. This is this is amazing. I'm really finding cool out who I truly am. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so we got about 30 seconds, and I wanted to say thank you, Carrie Gray, C.K. Gray, for being on with us. Uh, this has been an absolutely fantastic show, and thank you, Michelle Arbo, our resident celebrity numerologist, numbers at michellearbo.com. We've got about 15 seconds left. Carrie, we'll get your information, get it up there. I want to make sure everybody gets this book. Ten seconds to show, and I want to again thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Carrie. This and thank you. It's been great. You, it's been wonderful you. interviewing you. Great to meet you. And I can't wait to follow your story and see how far you go with all this synchronicity. Thank you so much, both of you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, okay. Carrie. We'll Thanks be in touch. Again. Thanks very much. We're actually okay. off there right now, but I'm going to do our ending music for everybody. Thank you very much on behalf of Authentic You Media, Authentic You Radio. I'm Jeffrey Miller with my co-host, Michelle Abo, my business partner in Authentic You Media. And thank you, Carrie Gray. This has been absolutely fantastic. No, thank you. Our pleasure. Thank it was you, fun. And we'll talk to you all later. Thank you very much. Okay. Until next week on Authentic You Radio. Interviews with Authentic You. Have a great day. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.